Welcome back to That's Tea, the podcast that shares football news the most digestible way possible. My name is RJ, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan for part seven of State of the Franchise, where we plan to tackle the NFC West. Ryan, how are you doing today? And if you could describe the NFC West in one sentence, what would it be? Doing great. Uh, One sentence would be it's a challenging division. I mean, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Yes, three teams actually made it to the playoffs out of our division, which we'll talk about yeah. throughout this podcast. It's a it's a challenging division. And this and the next one that we'll talk about, I feel like are like first and second and like all the other divisions are just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a toss up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we'll start with the team that didn't make the playoffs, right? Yes, we will start with the team that didn't make the playoffs and the team that had a losing record in the division the Seattle Seahawks, who finished the season not too bad, though. They went 7-10. and 10. Ryan, what do you think went wrong with this team? You know what's funny? We usually say that the, the Seahawks are, like, better than average and usually find a way in the playoffs. And I feel like we've been saying that for, like, the past, I don't know, two years. Well, I feel like because we said that, the opposite actually happened. <laughs> so you think we jinxed them? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, everything we say on here, you know, gets jinxed. But anyway, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like injuries got to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson got injured, and then Chris Carson got injured. But Chris Carson kind of gets injured every year. But then that opened the way up for Rashad Penny to finally break out. And then the funny thing, again, is I think he got drafted after we were still in high school, and he never had a breakout year until now. It took him a while to finally stay on the field and be healthy. He wasn't even healthy all of last year. Like he missed like half the season. The first half and he just popped off the second half when it didn't matter. Yeah. But um, I feel like you highlighted it perfectly in the sense that this was Russell Wilson's first year being injured for a long period of time. And he wasn't even injured for that long. It was like what, five, six weeks for a thumb injury. Yeah. It was like his hand or something. Yeah. And the Seahawks just imploded absolutely imploded they had no I mean, idea what to do i feel like dk metcalf uh he had an off year too and i'm i would love to talk to you about dk metcalf because how do you trust dk metcalf in like a fantasy uh, football aspect or anything like that if at the end of the day for dk metcalf his production came from russell wilson and then when geno smith came yes, in yes it just did. He just did not look very good, right? Well, I you know how I said it was like an off year instead of him taking a step back and him being dependent on Russell Wilson because DK Metcalf's a scary man. So I, I am going to make sure I say the right things here. <laughs> good, good, safe answer. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think the biggest reason why they didn't do so well was because Russell Wilson was injured. A lot of other injuries plagued them, and. uh, it's a rebuilding season for the Seahawks looking forward. Let's talk about some new additions and what to look forward to for the Seahawks in 2022 to the 2023 season. If there really is anything, because the big moves that they made, they got Drew Locke, they got Noah Fant from trade. Scary. I mean, they re-signed Rashad Penny. Um, they didn't pick up his option. Then they're like, okay, we're going to give you like a six-year option, which is what I like to call it when they give him a one-year deal right mm-hmm. after the rookie contract. And that's what they did for Rashad Penny. And in the draft, they got Charles Cross, the offensive tackle at the in the first round. 
They got a linebacker, Boye Mafe, who I like a lot. And they got another running back, Kenneth Walker Jr., in the third round to compliment Rashad Penny. I don't know. How do you feel about any of these acquisitions or these draft picks? Ryan? I feel I feel I, I just feel like it's a little funny that the, the year that Russell Wilson leaves, they finally invest in the O-line. <laughs> it's like, you know, I didn't Wilson get sacked like the most at some point too in his career? He got sacked a lot. And I feel like the numbers kind of like they aren't super accurate just because he's a mobile quarterback. Like you, you toss in like Daniel Jones or like Carson Wentz behind there, the, the numbers look probably worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's weird. They they got Drew Locke and they're like, yeah, we're going to protect you. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess. We'll give you a chance. Like that's literally what they said to Drew Locke. It's, it's either that or they brought in Drew Locke and they're like, wait, guys, we brought in Drew Locke and we traded for him. We, we didn't just sign him. We traded for the guy. We gave up picks for him or we gave away Russell Wilson for him. So then now they're trying to do whatever they can to make that trade look good. So with that being said, do you think Drew Locke is the lock-it-in starter for the Seattle Seahawks week one? Lock-it-in starter? Or do you think it's going to be Geno It's Smith? him or Geno Smith, right? If you had to pick one, yeah. If you had to pick one right now, who would it be? Oh, man. Maybe Geno Smith. Have you seen Drew Locke play last season? I did. I very yeah, much I'll probably did. go with Geno Smith, man. Drew Locke is so bad. They're the reason why the Broncos ran the ball when they were down. Yeah, it's like Walmart Kirk Cousins, man. It's Dollar Tree Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. But Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. Uh, I mean, at that point, we may as well just call him Goodwill. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Um, let's talk about what else to look forward to. Um, let's talk about breakout players for the NFL and for fantasy football. Ryan, who is your breakout NFL player for the Seattle Seahawks this year? This one, I, I feel like I'm just not defensive like oriented, but then I saw a player online and I like Jordan Brooks because okay. I, I like the situation because Bobby Wagner is now gone. So Brooks will be in for like a bigger role and a better role this year. I think last year in his second season, he put up like great numbers already 109 solo tackles, three QB hits, like one fumble recovery. Like he was on the stats, uh, on the stat chart. And then this year he's going to be thrusted into like a, Basically, their main guy, a linebacker. They're Bobby Wagner, right? He's like literally yeah. the heir to the middle linebacker throne. Yes, he's the replacement. Really That's a really good pick. I'm picking the rookie. I'm picking Boye Mafe. I was really high on him during the draft season. Boye Mafe. His player comp was Rashawn Gary, but he reminds me like Alden Smith coming out of the draft in terms of like he's lengthy, explosive off the line, except he doesn't have the, the baggage that Alden Smith has. He's clean. Oh, what a badass <laughs> name, though. Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe. That's so Just, cool. Right. He passes the name test, right? He does. He passes the name test. He's going to get a lot of sacks. I promise you. He'll be good. I'll be scared of him whenever we play Seattle. Moving yeah, on to fancy football. This is though. our analysis on players. Just based <laughs> on their name. Based on their name <laughs> and player comp, of course. All the time. Um, in terms of fancy football, Ryan, who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. Good pick. Because I know Rashad Penny had his breakout year last year, but he has an injury history. So I feel like maybe we can roll the dice on the new guy. Because like you said earlier, Rashad Penny wasn't even healthy the whole year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I, I, I feel like it's fair to assume that, or just to prepare for the fact that he may not be healthy for 
a full season again. And if he's not healthy for a full season, I think it's Kenneth Walker time. I agree with you a thousand percent. My player was also Kenneth Walker. I feel like this team is literally going to run the ball 40 times and Rashad Penny's pretty much built like glass, like what you said. So there'll be opportunities for him. I don't think he'll be top 20, but you know, he's a really good handcuff, almost like Michael Carter. So I guess with that being said, Brian, you like Kenneth Walker. Do you like him more than Tony Pollard? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Because I he feel like so, this okay. offense could be one-dimensional if Drew Locke or Geno Smith cannot get anything going. Okay, okay. It's Do you not like, as, like, uh-huh. diverse or as, like, uh, the Cowboys. Where, you, know, you know they can throw the ball and you know they can run the ball. Okay, okay. Good, good point, good point. Do you like him over... Kenneth Walker, excuse me. Do you like Kenneth Walker or the player I just mentioned, Michael Carter, in terms of fantasy football? Who would you draft if they're both there in like the ninth round? Probably Kenneth Walker. Now it's also because I don't trust Zach Wilson. And I don't track. Uh, I don't trust Drew Locke either. But Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. Okay, I like those answers a lot. I think I would have gone Tony Pollard. Yeah, and Kenneth Walker, just because I feel like. I don't even yeah. think it's a Kenneth Walker thing. It's a Rashad Penny thing. Like I can see Walker yes. starting more yes. games than Michael Carter. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And to close the book on the Seattle Seahawks, let's ask the final no. question. No, you're not even going to let me finish. <laughs> Just no, no, no. We, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure your answer is no too. It is a no. Let's move on to the best team in the NFL. In the NFL. The, the NFL, the whole NFL. I know we're talking about the AFC West this week. Oh, no, we're not. It's okay. We're talking about the NFC West. Don't worry about it. We're talking about the best team in football. It's the San Francisco 49ers who went 10-7. and They were in the wild card, and they climbed all the way to the NFC Championship. Did they win it? No, they did not, but it's okay. Because you're still looking for your six? We're still, we still are, and we're for still trying long? to figure it, it, out. It's been how long? It's been a while, but, you know, I understand, Ryan. Your expectations are a little bit different. You made the playoffs once, and you lost in the, what, the, the divisional round. I get it, Ryan. You're not used to the playoffs. It's tough to win games in the playoffs, Ryan. You 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 witnessed that too. Okay, we'll okay, talk about okay. it more. Then what went wrong with your team, or what went right? What went wrong? Let's hear it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's hear the list of excuses. Jimmy Garoppolo. And you can't even you can't even say that's a bad excuse. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you see that man throw? He was like me. What Literally like me. Hyping this man up maybe probably a year ago. The Italian Stallion. The Italian Stallion. Yeah. All that is gone? All of it's gone. No more? No more. It's gone. Poof. It is absolutely gone after. after it's really his shoulder injury. It was really. My analysis of Jimmy Garoppolo was, you know, before the ACL tear, you know, I was high on him, tore his ACL. High on him again, tears his shoulder. He's done. Come on. It's his upper body and his lower body. What, what other part of the body can he hurt next? His torso? Like, come on. Uh, you're, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're um, right. But what went right? The run game. Debo Samuel. The, yes, the yes. He went ham. Run. First team all pro. He I went ham. Um, so. Is he trading? Is Debo? No, he's going to get the bag. In my <laughs> opinion, I feel like he's going to get the bag. That's what his trainer said, too. So uh, okay. we'll see. Um, how about you? Do you have any? Anything else you want to talk about for the 49ers? Anything I didn't cover? I just thought it was super weird. One thing. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are weirded out by this too, but Elijah Mitchell stepped up when we all thought it would be Trey Sermon. What a what a surprise. Oh, yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what happened there? Do you know what's my fun fact for you? 
Did you know Why? that ever since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach for the 49ers, he's had a new RB1 every single every season, year? right? How? How? I mean, maybe he has commitment issues. He, he might. He actually might. And I don't know why. I mean, it's working um, out, though, because the run game's still popping. So, I mean, maybe commitment issues are good. It, it, I don't know how he does it. He literally makes, I'm going to talk about in terms of free agents because they resigned him to Michael Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> non starters on any other team in the NFL, but you put yeah. them on the Niners, immediate start. stars. Hey, he's fast, though, right? Jeff was Wilson it Jeff? No, 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 no. Is it Jeff Wilson that's fast or was it Raheem Mostert? Raheem Mostert was super fast. Uh, Jeff yeah, Wilson Jr. Yeah. is looking for contact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to tackle him don't want to tackle him um in terms of other free agents they signed marcus johnson and ray ray mcleod and oh, cornerbacks, favorite. my ray favorite ray. ray ray and in terms of cornerbacks they got jason verrett and trevavius ward who i think are like sneaky cornerbacks if they can stay on the field i'm a little nervous about ward a little sus about him being a number one but i feel ward's the niners season because he's he like a number two in a Oh, okay. I think was he, he was the, like a two in KC. Who was the one? I keep trying to think who was the one in KC, but I can't. I can't remember. I I don't think so. So you can figure that out. I'll talk about. I know it wasn't Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters left. He left. Yeah, he's long gone already. Um, let's talk about the draft though. While you do that, um, the Niners didn't pick until the end of the second round because their draft picks went for the Trey Lance trade. And at the 229, they got Drake Jackson, the off the excuse me, outside linebacker. At the 329, they got a running back, TDP Davis Price. And at the 341, they drafted the speedster Danny Gray. Ryan, did you ever get that answer for whether Ward was a QB one? I, I don't know if it's a cornerback one, but the other two named uh, Mike Hughes and Legarius Sneed. Ah, uh, yeah. They probably did that thing where, like, you know, you have two like cornerback 1.5s or like a 1.5 and a 2 and they like alternate on yeah. who gets who gets Stefan Diggs. <laughs> exactly. Um did you have any comments on like the free agents that they got or the draft class that they drafted this year? Uh I just got a quick question. Yep. Uh the running back Davis yes. Price uh, what role is he going to play? Because don't you have Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, resign those two other guys that you just mentioned? Hasty and Wilson, and then now you go draft. Uh, this is a third round pick, by the way. Correct. Yes, we we high yes. investment. So, what is going on here? Apparently, like, who he... would you? Fantasy. Okay, <laughs> in terms of fantasy football, I go with Elijah Mitchell. Um, I think in terms of dynasty, I would have gone Davis Price, but apparently he completes the trio. So we got like Elijah Mitchell, who is like a one cut like king. Find the hole, even though he struggles sometimes, but okay. good zone running back finds the hole sometimes, but gets the home run, the home run swing. Then we got Trey Sermon, who literally takes up space. And we have Davis Price, who does both. So he's supposed to hit the hole almost every time, and he can take a hit. Okay. That is what Davis Price is. <laughs> I, see. I see. Okay. So it's more, being... more, more interesting decisions when it comes time to draft. I feel like I'm going to just avoid this team in general. 
see people oh man i feel like the niners are such an interesting team for fantasy football because i really don't know who to draft and this is coming from a homer like we'll talk about it more on like another podcast yeah like like george kittle i don't even know when you're supposed to draft george kittle this year he he had such a down season last year It's, it's really tough but we'll talk about that on another podcast um what to look forward to the this year in terms of breakout players ryan i'm interested what do you think for uh outsider looking in for the niners outsider looking in i think i'm gonna stick with the same answer i had last year renayuk i feel like he might be able to turn things around and be more stable this year i mean he was primed to break out last year i think Mm -hmm. i took the bait didn't happen uh but i think i I don't know i I have a feeling that you know maybe he settled it now the turns will tabled okay i I like that. For me, I have two players. They're both the rookies. I don't know why I'm picking the rookies from my breakout players, but it's Drake Jackson and Danny Gray. Um, Drake Jackson okay. apparently is like Randy Gregory without the baggage. Again, rookies really? without the baggage. Almost like okay. Olden Smith, too. So he's quick, explosive at the line, a little suspect in run defense, which is the problem, but I feel like he's a really good pick because the Niners have probably and arguably the best linebacking core. So it's okay if he can't defend against the run. If he's a good pass rusher, he's perfectly fine. He's going to fit in. If he sucks against the run, we have three really good linebackers for Drake Jackson. And for Danny Gray, super fast wide receiver, true field stretcher. I feel like it's going to pair perfectly for a gunslinger like Trey Lance. And he's the next man up if the 49ers have any sort of injury in the wide receiver room. Okay. So moving on, fantasy football, Ryan, who is your pick? I kind of just went with Elijah Mitchell because that was also the guy that I chose. If I had to pick, I mean, I wouldn't do this willingly, but if I had to pick a, a, a running back from the Niners would be Elijah Mitchell. I feel like as a later round running back though, I feel like you don't need to draft this guy early because like you guys rotate too many running backs <laughs> in and out of the game. But I feel like mm-hmm. this could be good, like uh, a good option in the later rounds. I feel like he's like a good like round six player. Like you got like your two, you really got two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex or a tight end. Like he's really good bench depth at the end of the day. Yes. Elijah Mitchell. Yes. yes. For me, it's Brandon Ayuk. And a little bit about what you're talking about too. I was, I was actually the opposite of you. You were high on Brandon Ayuk. I was actually really high on Debo Samuel last year. So guess what? Listen to me. I might know something about this team or might know okay. something about football. Um, and a lot of the reason why I didn't want Brandon Ayuk was just because the price was too high for him and Debo Samuel was coming at a discount when he was really productive when he was on the field. And I feel like the same thing is going to happen this year. The price is way too high for Debo Samuel this year. And yes, Ayuk was in the doghouse, but you know what? Eventually he got out of it. And after he got out of the doghouse, he played much, much better. So I have a little bit of math for you. For the first six weeks of the season, He averaged only 2.3 targets per game and 16 receiving yards per game. 16, not even 20. But after week six, he averaged six targets per game and 66 receiving yards per game. So literally night and day for Brandon Ayuk in the second half of the season. I think Brandon Ayuk will have a breakout year this year in terms of fantasy football. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, That being said, do you think they have a chance to win their division this year, Ryan? Yes, I feel like it's weird because Jimmy G always has been able to find a way to get to the playoffs or the Super Bowl, like even if he's playing or not playing. Uh, 
I don't know. Or maybe it's actually the running game or defense that has been holding you guys up. I think you guys have a chance. I think we have a chance exactly with what you said. Even if Trey Lance is like, what, three quarters of what Jimmy Garoppolo was, they're going to make the playoffs. A little hopeful. They're going to make the playoffs. We actually have a a lighter schedule, too, because we were, what, third in our um, standings or in our division. And remember when we talked about the scheduling? So we're playing third place teams. Not at all. Throughout the NFL, so it's not too bad at all. Moving on to the next team, it's the Arizona Cardinals, who went 11 and 6. Ryan, for most teams, we go and we talk about you know what went right for them if they had a winning record or they make the playoffs. But for this team, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit better to talk about what went wrong. But you can talk about what went right for them, but. This team just didn't look right. Much that went right. Yeah, exactly. Like the right? one thing that went right was that they won six or seven games like off the rip, and then after that, <laughs> all of it went away. It's a magic trick. It's a disappearing it's a, act. A straight up disappearing act, and I think there's a lot of things going on with like um, their head coach, Good old Cliff man. Just apparently he gets too stale halfway through the season. People figure him out, and like. You know, that was the thing last year. And guess what? The same thing happened this year. So, like, yeah, you know. I also read somewhere that, like, it happened to his college teams, too. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Yeah, like, his second half of, like, his college seasons were just not that great. But then if, if we don't put the blame on Cliff Kingsbury, I feel like they just didn't have depth either. J.J. Watt went down and DeAndre Hopkins went down. And, like, I feel like no one stepped up. And then Kyler Murray went down, and then Colt McCoy came in, and they went to the yeah. 49ers to play them in Santa Clara, and they slapped the 49ers. I remember that game. Yeah, it just a lot of things don't make sense. But James Conner looked good. Oh, James Conner did look good. I like this transition, too, because they re-signed him. They, they gave him a contract extension. We'll talk about free agents yeah. and acquisitions right now. They got Marquise Brown from a trade. Going to bridge it back to your analysis on earlier. Day. On draft day, because DeAndre Hopkins tested positive for PEDS. So now they have a number one again. And they re-signed Zach Ertz, who was honestly a really decent tight end for them after they traded for him. Really good pick. Yeah, really good trade for them. Um, In terms of the draft, though, they have a replacement for Zach Ertz just in case. They drafted him at the in the second round because they traded their first round pick for Marquise Brown. It was Trey McBride, the best tight end out of this class, in my opinion. At the 323, they got a defensive end, Cameron Thomas. And at the 336, they got... Bajai Sanders, another defensive end. Okay. Um, any comments that you have about their free agents, the acquisitions, or their draft picks? No, I just think it'll be pretty good when DeAndre Hopkins comes back and Marquise Brown is the number two. Because I feel like Marquise Brown was always asked to be the number one. And I mean, I feel like it was like kind of like a mixed bag of what we got. Now he's in a solid number two role or he will be at least i feel like this might be one of those teams because you know deandre hopkins is also getting old too and i feel like i would argue that he's leaning more towards a 1.5 than a than like a, a true like superstar number one and then maybe we could have that argument but i feel like having two at least 1.5s is my whole point having two 1.5 wide receivers is not bad and that's what marquis yeah. brown is he's a 1.5 I, I see that i see that okay um so yeah, moving on though, in terms of 
I guess we could talk about breakout players, what to look forward to for this Arizona Cardinals team. Who is your breakout player in terms of the NFL or fantasy football, Ryan? I think my NFL one is not too exciting. Eno Benjamin. Okay. Uh, and I feel like it could turn into a fantasy option if James Conner goes down because last year he was fine, but like before that, he always dealt with injuries. And mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury is kind of hyping up Eno Benjamin right now. He's competing with Darrell Williams to be the number two back. So that's who I got. Ooh, that is, I like that pick a lot because, you know, James Conner has injury history. You know, this was like his first year where he was what, like completely clean of injuries. So, you know, that number two spot is actually really valuable. And if it's, you know, Benjamin, then, you know, that's a lot of value in terms of fantasy football. Benjamin's young too. And he's good. Like he's decent. He's a good backup. Not Tony Pollard good, but could be, you know? Yeah. Um, For me, I, had, I kind of combined both of them almost similarly to you. I don't know if you have a fantasy football one, a separate one, but I picked Marquise Brown. I feel like it's going to be his breakout oh, year. That, that was my fantasy football guy. Being the 1.5, right? And again, he's also getting six weeks of being a one. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it was a bad scheme fit back in Baltimore. Reconnects with – I don't know if he's reconnecting with Kyler Murray. I might have – I might be mistaking that. But either they're, like, really good friends or, like – Something along the lines of that. So that's really good. But Marquise Brown might fit in really well. And when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, his team's going to be looking very, very scary. Oh, they scary. did play together. In Oklahoma, right? Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. for how long, though. Or at least a season. At least a season, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. something. Maybe that connection's what Marquise Browns need to stop having brick hands every now and then. But mm. Ryan, for you, do you think they have a chance to win their division this year? I think so. Aside from the drama with the team and Murray, I think they have a roster to compete. At least on paper. On paper, they have a roster that can compete. The problems we talked about earlier about how you know they get stale and stuff, I, I don't know how to rate that. So I, I just totally forgot about that. No, I, I agree with you here. I, I guess I'll spoil my answer for the Rams, but I think in terms of like, if this was a pie chart, I think it's like 1% Seattle 24% Cardinals, 25% 49ers, and then 50% goes to the Rams. Like the Cardinals haven't even shy. If everything according to plan goes to plan, which we've been saying every single year, they have a chance to actually take the division. Okay. So with that being said, the last team on the list, it is the LA Rams who went to 12 and five. Ryan, they are the Super Bowl champions. They're a really good team. Um, a lot of things went right for them. If you can name one thing that went right for them, what would it be? Uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Perfect awesome. pairing. Oh, so you're saying you're commenting on the pairing, which is good. Okay, awesome. I mean, uh, okay. I'm sure you've seen this before too, but I, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but it's oddly weird. And it's true, but also funny and a joke that Cooper Cup looks just like Stafford's wife. Stop. Well, you know it's true, and you see it everywhere. And they put the side-by-side photo, and you're like, wow, that's like a literally a girl version of Cooper Cup. I didn't know Cooper Cup had a twin. It's consistent. <laughs> Super consistent, but my goodness. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm just like, does not make sense. what? <laughs> um, but overall, Matthew Stafford was the missing piece that this team needed, which is uh, not hating on... Jared Goff, but my goodness, man, 
Matthew Stafford makes you look terrible. Absolutely terrible. I just feel it's a little bit scary because in the sense that it was too much of a productive year from those two that I don't know if it could be repeated. It was too good. You know what I mean? Like, How do you get this again? So you're saying the bar was set like too high. That was impossible to replicate. Like almost 20 TDs? 20, it was 21 or 22 for Cooper Cup. Yeah. How are you going to repeat that? That's more than one. That's almost. That's obviously more than one per game. Yeah, how, almost how one point like three. Almost one point. You don't. You don't. Exactly. Um, so that's why I feel like now it's like got to temper expectations a little bit. I think you definitely do, especially with and see. I don't know if you really temper expectations, but we're gonna transition back to I guess the free agents. Um, they re-sign Matthew Stafford, or they give him a contract extension. Same with Cooper Cup. They go and they sign Allen Robinson, who was the reason why I was kind of struggling whether or not I kind of like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford this year or as high yeah. as I was last year. And um, Bobby Wagner, which I think was – I always forget about this signing, but I'm going to remember. I'm going to have a very rude awakening and remembrance every single time we play the Rams. Yes. Bobby Wagner. Bobby division. I feel like everyone's just switching divisions. Or no, sorry, not division. Switching teams within the division. Yes, revenge tour. Yeah. Um, moving on to the draft though, they didn't really have a very spicy draft. I mean, at the three forty, they got an offensive guard, Logan Bruss. At the four thirty-seven, they got a cornerback, Kobe Durant. And at the five twenty-one, they got running back, Kyron Williams. But outside that, oh, nothing yeah. too spicy. I mean, yeah, we can't expect the Rams to draft anything crazy is because they kind of give those picks away. So and it works. Their it's first pick came works. in like what the third round. So we're not going to get much in the draft. I feel like free agency, we won't even get too much from them as much as we would get from trades. I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, their first round pick was what Matthew Stafford. <laughs> That's yeah, literally what they basically. gave up for him, right? Their first and second was Matthew Stafford. And guess what? It worked. So, I mean, that's just a lot to say about how I feel like this. I feel like the NFL is kind of shaping into that where, like, you know, you really value the draft. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, veterans like Matthew Stafford who can carry your team. Like, why take a risk on a, on a Zach Wilson when you can get Matthew Stafford, you know? But I feel like that's exactly. a debate for a later time. Let's talk about some breakout players, though, Ryan, and let's close off this podcast. Who do you have for your breakout players for the NFL and for fantasy football? I think for the NFL, we have Cam Akers. We were all hyped for him. People drafted him decently early last year, and then he tore his Achilles before the season even started. But then he came back in the playoffs because the Rams made it to the playoffs, and then his like recovery time worked out, everything worked out, and he looked kind of spicy with 67 rushing attempts, or with the seven, 67 rushing attempts that he got. He looked pretty good in the playoffs. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you don't like it? My pick was Kyron Williams, and it's like I don't know if I'm like ah, too high on Kyron the Williams, new the, new, the guy. new guy, or like, you know, the late round pick, you know, he's small. He comes in to be like the scat bag, the receiving bag. And then. So I, I, like, I see where you're going with it, but then what happens to camp makers stuff? Is he just going to be injured or like going to be benched or what's going on there? That's the problem I have with this running back depth chart where I feel like, okay, it goes cam makers, Daryl, Daryl Henderson and Kyron Williams in terms of the depth chart. And in my opinion, I feel like none of those running backs can run away with the job necessarily. Like maybe it's Cam Akers. And yes, he got a lot of that work um, 
the playoffs last year, but like he looked okay. Good. Mm-hmm. He looked serviceable. He wasn't Cam, he wasn't the Cam Akers in the playoffs last year. Like two years ago, excuse me. When he yes. went like ham against the Packers and he was falling out there. This Cam Akers did not look the same. And you know, maybe part of it, I'm not, I'm not out here just like sitting on my my high horse for this team. Like maybe they played the 49ers who have a really good run defense. Maybe that's why Cam Akers didn't look good against that game. But like the games that I watched Cam Akers, I wasn't like, wow, this is Cam Akers. And like Daryl Henderson's just a guy. He's just Daryl Henderson. So I don't know. I feel like Kyron Williams will get the true pass catching, I guess, opportunities. And, you know, maybe, maybe he impresses enough, kind of gets that Austin Eckler opportunity and runs away with the job. Wow. Okay. Interesting. High hopes for this guy. (laughs) I feel like if, I don't know, I feel like if the Rams go out and draft a guy, almost like a Van Jefferson, who, I mean, like, yeah, he doesn't work all the time, but I mean, like, he does he does what he has to do. They tell him to run, run, what, run a streak, and he doesn't. He catches the ball. So, I mean, like, he'll be a good scheme fit, is what I'm saying. Agreed. Agreed. Um, who was your fancy football breakout player? You're going to like this one, Alan Robinson. Oh, he's my guy too. <laughs> I feel like he's always your guy, though. It's not a surprise that he is your guy. <laughs> you you've been betting on this guy for I don't know how long. But I feel like this is this may be the year I finally give in and draft Allen Robinson. I, you, usually that's your job, but this year I might beat you to the chase because Ooh. I think he gets a change of scenery and is playing behind Cooper Cup. Expectations are high, but they're not like lofty. I think it'll be good. I agree with you 95,000%, like what I say every podcast. I agree with you 10,000%. What? 10,000. <laughs> 10, the Bears Did were a mess. Plus. Oh, thank you. The Bears were a mess. Allen Robinson's a good player. He literally fills in for the Robert Woods OBJ role. I mean, and again, historically, since like what, the past two or three years, even with Jared Goff throwing wobbly passes, the Rams could support two top 30 wide receivers easily. I think he is worth the ADP at the right ADP is worth drafting. Um, draft him in leagues with all the Robinson haters like you. Actually, not like you, but people who did not turn the page. If it was still you last year coming to this year, Ryan, uh, hating Allen Robinson, draft him. Draft Allen I mean, Robinson. I'm giving him a chance, but I feel like it's going to bite me. If I give him a chance. So I'm a little scared still. A little scared. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Um, last thing to talk about. Do you think they have a chance to win the division this year? I think we both have the same answer though. Uh yeah. I yes. I don't I don't, I don't even think it's a question. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl and the whole team's coming back. I mean, the one guy that's not coming back, that's I guess notable, I guess, is Robert Woods, but he didn't even play last year. So the whole wow. team, the whole game's back. You're dissing Von Miller like that. The complete no, disrespect no, 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 no. of Von Miller. He's going to go find you, bro. No, no. He got glasses. No, no, no. He can find Von, you, dude. Von Miller is good. No, no, no. Von Miller is good. We all know he is good. He terrorized me for how many years? Because he was on the Broncos? Very scary man. I'm, Probably I'm, better than Khalil Mack. I, I actually don't know. I, I don't I, know. I would argue, I'm, and this is being, I don't know if I'm being mean to Khalil Mack. I'm going to you know, regret my words, but... I think of Von Miller, I think if you're to compare them right now, not in their primes, like as of today, for whatever reason, I would go with Von Miller over Khalil Mack. I would too. I would too. I don't know. I think Von Miller 
somehow brings like terror kind of like that game changer play to the x factor the x factor factor yeah yeah like Khalil Mack just like he's he's technically sound but like and I haven't seen just consistent you know he's consistent exactly he's not like a whoa or like a wow he's just consistent gets the job done but you need a guy like that though Oh yeah, of course, of course. And you know, to have him obviously track right we'll, now. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about Kalomac in the next pod. Um, but how we always end this off, Ryan, how do you want to um I guess break down the division next year? What are your predictions for next year in terms of the NFC? I West low West? key mm-hmm. don't mind the same order. Ooh, I, I feel I, like mm-hmm. because the Seahawks are gonna be fourth. We you okay. agree, you agree? Like right? A thousand percent. Uh huh. And how ready is Trey Lance? I think ready enough to make them a second place team. Oh, okay. So then, would you flip the Niners and the Cardinals? Then I would. Okay. That's my only difference. Okay, that's not bad. We're basically on the same page. Basically, on the except same you have some bias, so you know, makes sense. Trey Lance is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo last year, and that's a one game difference between last year. But, okay. Oh, I'm I'm ready. I'm Trey Lance season baby. Ooh. I well, let's see if he even ready. starts week one. Okay. They will. They can't have Jimmy G start. They can't. They can't. You you can't. You can't draft this guy so high. Ask your quarterback to go and request a trade from every team and then have that same quarterback come back and be like, hey, couldn't find a trade offer. And well, the teams would be like, oh, no. okay, start week one. Like, no, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. It can't. I feel Please. like it can't. I, no, no, no. I, I, see, 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 you're begging for it not to happen at this point because you know it could very well happen. It's Just that saying. same member of my pie chart for the Seahawks at least getting a 1%. Of the division, that's Jimmy Garoppolo oh, yes, staying yes. on the team, one yeah. percent. You know, it could happen. You know, we have to, we have to be okay, okay. ready. Quick, twenty seconds for you. You have twenty seconds mm-hmm. to answer this. Okay. Since he's going to be gone and Trey Lance, or at least you want him to be gone and Trey Lance to start, where does Jimmy yep. Garoppolo even go? Where does he go, Browns? I heard Brown said no, though. So yeah, they have Deshaun Watson. He settled everything already. <laughs> well, I mean, legally, Washington. Washington, Carson Wentz. That that that's just a nobody now. The guy Um, you hype up all the time. You have him compete. You have him compete. Okay. All right. All right. That's the second one. Third one, maybe like Philly. Back up Jalen Hurts just in case he gets hurt. Or 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 the Giants. Pay for a backup. Pay. See, but I feel like you would have to take on a lot for your contract. I don't think they're gonna get Jimmy Garoppolo for. I don't think. The Niners would get Jimmy Garoppolo 100% off the books. I feel like there's either going to be something where you have to pay partially of it or, or something like that. Or the other team just takes on his contract, his like huge contract, and then you guys get barely in compensation in return. Exactly, yeah. I feel like a team that might be able to do that right now is probably like the Giants. I heard they have like the fourth most coming into next year. So just like, you know, take the hit now, you know, get a decent draft pick just that to hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo. And Daniel Jones are young Monty. Yeah, exactly. So because I can't think of any other team off the top of my Tampa Bay. Question mark. Yeah. Like he's he's a decent backup. And I feel like that's just what we're gonna have to value him as. So it's whatever team needs a, a decent backup quarterback. A contending team that needs a decent backup quarterback. Their quarterback Not out of a ranking or a rating. 
That's right. all I had. To everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you learned one more thing or two about the NFL. Share the podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at That's the T2020. We'll catch you guys again next week when we do the same thing for the AFC West, which will be our last episode for State of the Franchise. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.